0: Mike Woodson and the Hoosiers are back on campus and preparing for their final non-conference game of the season. We'll get you caught up on everything going on with them, as well as looking toward uh, some bracketology. And one of the first times, I should say one of the few times, that the men's and women's basketball team look likely to both make the tournament this season in vastly different uh, areas and vastly different ways. We'll look into both of those things today. (laughs) You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Tuesday, December 28th. This is Locked On Hoosiers, your daily source for IU Athletics news, analysis, reactions, previews, recaps. Uh, everything you guys could want i'm your host as always jacob Brood. thank you guys for making locked on hoosiers part of your day and your first listen every day uh, just a reminder that locked on hoosiers is free and available on all platforms including youtube at locked on hoosiers today's episode is brought to you by sonos sonos is the official sponsor of espn college football go to sonos.com to learn more As always, guys, you can subscribe to Locked on Hoosiers wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts at. Uh, Also, go follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers and on Instagram at Locked on Hoosiers. As I mentioned, the uh, men's basketball team back on campus after the holiday break. Mike Woodson had his radio show on Monday. We'll bring you the highlights from that. Uh, The noteworthy stuff as we uh, near the Hoosiers returning to the court on Wednesday in their final non-conference game before diving headfirst all the way into the conference season the rest of the way out. It was not a ton of information in the uh, radio show this week. Uh, The players got back in town on Sunday, the day after Christmas. Uh, they practice on Sunday and on Monday as well. Uh, Mike Woodson reiterated that he is going to keep it in-house uh, what the situation surrounding Parker Stewart was, uh, but he did say he uh, that Stewart played basically good minutes in the second half. Again, I said it at the time, perfectly fine with uh, him not revealing what happened with Parker Stewart. Uh, that's an in-house matter. Deal with it in-house. And I appreciate, and not that anybody needs it, but I, I approve of, of that in general. Uh, Woodson also talked about wanting to consistently compete with the three ball in the Big Ten. I looked up uh, where the Hoosiers ranks. Again, it's one of those things we talked about early in the season, just because it scarred us so much last year that the Hoosiers could not shoot the three ball. We mentioned it after that Notre Dame game. Uh, Zach Osterman did a really good piece on Parker Stewart and his role in uh, turning the Hoosiers' shooting struggles around. Right now, this season, the Hoosiers rank fifth in three-point percentage in the Big Ten. They're shooting 37% from the three-point line. That's coming on 18.9 attempts per game, which is actually the second-fewest. Now, interestingly... Uh, Woodson was talking about how he believes Trace and Race are going to get double teamed more often in Big Ten play and that it will lead to some more outside shots. So it'll be interesting to see uh, whether those attempts per game go up from basically the 19 per game they're at now and whether that percentage stays the same at 37%. A lot of that is carried by how well Parker Stewart has shot the three ball. He's responsible for 4.8 of those attempts per game. So just a little bit under a third of those attempts and he's making 49%, which is wildly impressive. Miller cop is uh shooting 39% on 3.2 attempts. So the two of them combined for eight, exactly eight attempts per game of the, uh, almost 19 per game the team is averaging. So a tick under half of their three-pointers come from those two. It'll be interesting to see if guys like Tamar Bates and Rob Finnessy, both who are averaging a little under three attempts a game, can improve from the three-point line because those are going to be the guys, specifically Finnessy and Xavier Johnson, who are going to be left open, and teams are going to make them beat them from the three-point line. Tamar Bates to a degree, though I think he's a good enough scorer that teams probably aren't going to leave him alone. Uh, he's also good enough to score at multiple levels. But Finney, Xavier Johnson, Anthony Leal, if he stays in the rotation, all are going to be guys that are going to have to prove they can shoot. Uh, speaking of kind of shooters, guys that hopefully find their way back, um, Trey Galloway. Mike Woodson gave an update on uh, he is practicing again, although I believe Woodson said he is not taking part in kind of the physical contact stuff. Uh, but that will be the next step in practice. Uh, his quote was, he's, uh, quote, not, he's not too far away. I don't know when he'll actually return, but he's close. Uh, we mentioned at the time of the injury, it would be early January uh, just based on the timeline that they gave. I believe it was six weeks, just kind of based on that timeline. It would be around that Ohio State-Minnesota game, I believe. So it's still a couple weeks away, though uh, he could certainly heal faster. Maybe he's back for that Ohio State game. Uh, uncertain, but he is nearing a return. Uh, he was producing in his minutes and I think will be someone that steps right back into the rotation at the expense of whom will be interesting uh, because uh, the Hoosiers have a pretty deep rotation, relatively speaking right now. Um, maybe Anthony Leal's minutes go down. Uh, Galloway will have to prove himself though. He's not going to be handed those minutes and he's going to have to produce um also on the topics, we, we talked about how three-point percentage was something we talked about early in the season. Turnovers have been something we've talked about all season long. The Hoosiers, a trend I had not noticed of late, are averaging just 13 turnovers per game over the last five games, Woodson said. Uh, he's happy that those numbers have started to come down. That was always very much something that they could control. If they can bring those numbers down pretty much any time that they have a strong half, strong uh, stretch, strong game, it's because their turnover numbers are down. So if those are able to stay down, uh, that is big for the Hoosiers. Um, Over the last four games, only one time have they even gotten into double digit turnovers. And realistically, since that Louisiana game, 12 is kind of the benchmark that the Hoosiers um, typically aim for. And only one time in that span have they gone over 12 in the Nebraska game. So it will be – oh, that was opponents. Excuse me. Ignore everything I just said. I knew that didn't seem right. So, yeah, regardless, over the last five, he said, uh, the Hoosiers are getting better at turnovers. I knew those numbers were surprising as I was reading them. Uh, I'm still I'm still in holiday break mode. Forgive me. Regardless, though, over the last five games, they are indeed only averaging 13 turnovers per game. So that Wisconsin game for everything that went wrong in that game, they did only commit nine turnovers, which we mentioned on the night. Hopefully it's a sign of progress moving forward because uh, it was really, really ugly uh, in the uh, seven games to start the season. The Hoosiers were averaging an impossible 16.1 turnovers per game. So that number's coming down. Happy to see that. So nothing else Mike Woodson really talked about on uh, Monday. The Hoosiers will be in action on Wednesday against UNC Asheville. We will preview that game on tomorrow's episode. Uh, But for the rest of today's episode, we're going to look at bracketology for the men's and women's basketball team. Uh, Right now, both are projected most likely to be in the tournament, so we are going to uh, take a look at the situation for both teams. We'll start off with the men's team here in just one moment. So, not a ton of bracketology uh, is up yet for men's basketball, but I I thought it would be interesting to give it a look because Joe Lenardi is doing it. Seemingly 365 days a year. Uh, I know he obviously takes time off during the summer after the tournament's announced. But seemingly, there's always an updated bracketology out by him. I know uh, there may be some criticisms towards him, but he's one of the best in the business. And he's the bracket I went to. Before I talk about where he has the Hoosiers, just kind of looking at the Hoosiers resume right now. Uh, Ken Palm has them at 28th. Um, Their best wins are over St. John's, who have slid down to 84th. They have not played since December 18th, though. Um, The other best win for the Hoosiers was that Notre Dame game. They are ranked 58th. Um, So I think the biggest thing with this team right now is that they don't have any bad losses. Uh, Their two losses, obviously, are Syracuse on the road. Syracuse is still 62nd. They're a 500 team. Regardless of the uh, nonsense that was going on on the broadcast uh, by the color analysis, whose name escapes me, that win did not turn their season around. Uh, Just a really silly, silly thing that was repeated. Since that Indiana game, they've gone two and two. They're a 500 team, but playing on the road against a, a top 65 team, still a tough place, especially against Syracuse in the Carrier Dome. Then, obviously, the Wisconsin game, they've slipped a bit. That loss to Ohio State um, dropped them down to 33rd in the in Ken Palm. So, neither of those losses are bad ones, though. That's As important as it is to get marquee wins, it's equally important to avoid bad losses. With the Big Ten this year, there really aren't many, I should say, there aren't many opportunities to have a bad loss, basically. I know that's a weird way of phrasing it. UNC Asheville is going to be their last non-con game. That team is ranked 258th, which is marginally above Eastern Michigan, a team the Hoosiers dominated for... 25, 30 minutes of that game uh, in the season opener. And then after that, only Nebraska is ranked uh, above 100. So Rutgers is right there at 99. That is the penultimate game of the season. Um, There aren't going to be many opportunities for bad losses, really. And even any loss, that Nebraska game aside, any loss of Hoosiers taking Big Ten play, I don't think is ever really going to be classified as a bad loss. Uh, so that's going to be the big thing as well as the Hoosiers will ultimately need a kind of a marquee win. I, that will come at some point. I'm certain whether it's Ohio state, whether it's Iowa, whether it's Illinois, uh, Michigan state, ideally Purdue, but, uh, I'm not confident about how the Hoosiers match up with Purdue, but that is a a month away before we jump into that one. So if we're looking at Joe Lenardi, he currently has the Hoosiers as a 9 seed in the west. I did some looking around at various brackets. Uh most people had the Hoosiers as a 9 seed. A weird amount of people just didn't have the Hoosiers in the bracket. That's simply not the case. This is a this is a tournament team. This is a a good team. So I know it's early in the in the season when it comes to bracketology, but this This is a good Indiana team. So the Hoosiers are a nine seed. They were an eight seed recently. They're going to be right there on that line. Uh, Most kind of S curves have them as the first or second best nine seed. And so it's going to be interesting to see which one seed they're matched up against. That's going to be tough regardless. In this bracket by Joe Lenardi, right now, they would go up against Gonzaga. Listen, we mentioned this before. There's not going to be many people that trace many teams that the Hoosiers face where Trace Jackson Davis is not the best player on the court. Chet Holmgren is going to be the best player on the court that night. It would be an absolutely fascinating matchup between the two. Uh, We talked on Monday's episode about Trace Jackson Davis's kind of NBA prospects, uh, where he would fit in the draft if he goes up against Chet Holmgren and holds his own, especially defensively. That's going to be a game a lot of eyes are going to be on. uh, And that would be a chance for him to make a big impact. But uh, we mentioned the last time I mentioned bracketology, they were playing Duke. That's going to be a very similar situation. It's going to be interesting because most likely Purdue is going to get one of the one seeds. And the Hoosiers are not going to be matched up in their bracket. So it kind of limits who they're even going to be able to go up against. I saw a couple of them uh, match up against Baylor. Uh, Right now, the West... They would be sent out to Portland, about as far away from here as you could imagine. The Hoosiers are not going to be in a position where they're going to have any kind of leeway or say in where they play, especially when they're in that eight nine seed. They're going to play wherever the bet the one seed uh, is closest to. So I don't really see Indiana moving out of that. At best, I could see them maybe as a set six or seven seed, but I think that's really stretching things. I think as an eight seed is probably their realistic spot. Best case scenario, you're looking at a seven seed uh, somewhere around there. This is going to be the area the Hoosiers are in. They're going to be kind of safely in the tournament, but also uh, not really j- just kind of one of those middling teams, basically. And I don't know. I think it it would be fun to get a shot at one of the number one seeds, even if it might mean that they lose badly. Uh, I would rather do that, take a swing at the at the best teams, than to go in and play as a seven seed and uh, lose or play as a six seed even lose to a two or three seed something like that where not as many eyes are going to be on it let's take a swing at the at the best team and get it uh, the only other bracket that I know a lot of people reference is CBS Sports and Jerry Palm listen that I'm gonna, I'm trying to figure out the words for this without it being petty. Um, Jerry Palm has never favored the Hoosiers in any sort of respect. I, uh, the, uh, that's all I'll say on that. Uh, he does not have Indiana in the uh, in the tournament at all. Uh, very silly. Uh, he is a Purdue graduate. <laughs> the, again, I, I I am trying not to uh, to put my foot in my mouth, but he doesn't have the Hoosiers in the tournament. That again. That's kind of a litmus test for how much um, I read into your opinion, basically. He doesn't even have the Hoosiers as one of the first four out. This is a tournament team right now based on their resume. Simple as that. So it'll be interesting to see how this team stock improves again. I think the best thing is that there's not going to be a lot of spots for bad losses, and there's going to be a lot of opportunities for uh, some uh, a marquee win or two uh this will be a tournament team i think barring some just wild wild collapse and i'm excited to see who they match up against and to see someone like trace jackson davis get some of the national spotlight that he deserves now as much as the men's team is kind of on that edge um that some places aren't even putting them in the tournament yet the women's team is (laughs) exactly the opposite they they are going to be one of the highest ranked teams in the tournament. We'll take a look at their resume and where they are ranked. uh, And it is a lot more fun to project their rankings. Speaking of college basketball's March Madness, uh, that is probably one of the most fun times to just make wild bets. Uh, I know lots of people go to Vegas just for kind of the opening weekend of college basketball if if it's something you guys enjoy doing i know it's way down the road but bet online has you guys covered for that as well as everything this holiday season uh, as football continues it's march through the college bowls and pro football to the playoffs bet online remains your number one spot for sports action this season head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers. BetOnline where the game starts. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. Make sure to check out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview, Local Experts, Betting Advice, and Draft Analysis. The most comprehensive college football playoff preview is live now. Be sure to go check that out. Women's basketball team is in a tremendous spot. There is zero zilch debate whether they're going to make the tournament. If you look at their resume, it's a lot different than... Uh maybe not a lot different. There's one noticeable difference in their resume, and that they do have a couple of big wins. Uh they beat Kentucky, which is a win that in hindsight, it, it it's a win that hasn't aged particularly well. Kentucky has struggled this season. Um so but still at the time that was a team ranked in the teens that the Hoosiers manhandled basically. Similarly. Their best win is the win over Ohio State on the road where they just smacked the Buckeyes. Uh, along the same lines as the men's team, they don't have any bad losses. When you look at the women's bracketology, their two losses are to two of the number one seats, NC State and Stanford. Uh, the Stanford one on a neutral court, NC State at home. Uh, <laughs> no bad losses at all. They're going to get their chance at a marquee, another marquee win, I should say on Sunday when they face Maryland. Maryland has slipped a little bit this year. Uh, they are maybe not even the biggest contender in the Big Ten for the with the Hoosiers. Michigan might be up there, but all three teams figure to be at the top. There is no Ken Palm when it comes to women's basketball. So I looked at the net rankings, which I know I think the net rankings are pretty silly, but that's really all, all we have with women's basketball. The Hoosiers are currently tenth. They are um, they're they're two big wins, the Ohio State uh, win that is a team ranked seventeenth. Kentucky, however, is a team that has again uh, really struggled. They are uh, well off the pace this season. They are forty third. Maryland is a team that uh, the Hoosiers can get a big. Statement went on at 15, and I mentioned Michigan as well. They are 39th, so Hoosiers going to have a couple chances at some big wins. When you look at Bracketology from Charlie Cream of ESPN again, his was updated on Christmas Eve Eve uh, that morning on the 23rd. The Hoosiers are a two seed in the Greensboro bracket, uh, South Carolina's bracket, the way the women's basketball tournament works is the initial kind of pods are hosted at whoever the highest seed is in that little group. So each of the top four seeds in each, uh, each section of the bracket will host. So basically that's a long way of saying the Hoosiers would host uh, those four teams. It would be Indiana against Fairfield. They would take on the winner of LSU and UCF. So, All three of those games would take place in Bloomington in Assembly Hall. It's a fun little quirk about the women's game. I honestly wouldn't be against it in the men's game, though it would obviously take away a lot of the upsets of the top-ranked teams uh, if they got to play a home game. Uh, But I do kind of enjoy uh, rewarding the the top teams uh, furthermore in the tournament. I also enjoy upset, so I'm not going (laughs) to complain with the way things are right now. As I said, they would be in South Carolina's bracket. Uh, Baylor would be the three seed. UNC would be the six seed. Uh, Two interesting matchups there. Notre Dame would be the four seed. Notre Dame would obviously have to go through South Carolina first before any matchup with the Hoosiers. I'm all in on taking on Notre Dame. Let's just beat everybody in Indiana this year and just really Make sure everybody knows that Indiana was the best women's basketball team in the state this year. Uh, again, though, it'll be interesting to see. They're going to be so far apart that uh, while the Hoosiers basically are eliminated from one kind of area of the bracket, the men's team, I should say, because they can't play Purdue, the women's team, NC State and Stanford, they've played. It's going to be interesting if the committee weighs that at all when they look at where to put the two-seed Hoosiers. I don't imagine they will, but uh, we will see come that day. Maybe the Hoosiers are able to to make a pretty strong run in the uh, Big Ten this year, and a team like Arizona, who is the other one seed. Your one seeds right now are NC State and Stanford, South Carolina, and Arizona. Maybe an Arizona or a Stanford slips up a bit. The Hoosiers go strong through the Big Ten season, which is going to include some big wins over Maryland, Michigan, and whatnot. And they are able to get a one seed. Again, that would be a lot of fun. The four locations wouldn't be great for traveling. Bridgeport, Wichita, Greensboro, and Spokane. Uh, For the regional sites, I wouldn't complain. The Hoosiers are a one seed. That would be a lot of fun. Um, We mentioned they're going to have a couple chances at getting those big wins. We'll see how the women's bracketology bracketology shakes out. But for an Indiana program that just a few years ago made the tournament, just making the tournament was a really big deal with Tyra Banks and Amanda Cahill. The fact that they are shaping up to be as high as a two seed this year, maybe even a one seed, Again, um, enjoy this season. It's a special one, is all I can keep saying. Enjoy this women's basketball season. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back tomorrow to preview the men's game against UNC Asheville. Now, for your second listen today, head on over to Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Appreciate all the love that you guys have given us uh, throughout this entire uh, experience of launching this podcast over the last few months. I can't say thank you guys enough. It's been a ton of fun. Follow us on Twitter if you haven't already. Subscribe to the podcast, please, if you guys haven't. Just throw a subscribe our way real quick. Leave a rating and review. Most importantly, though, guys, have a great Tuesday and Elio.